<laughs> this is going south really quick. Hello, hello everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me as always is Zeke Baker and together... We make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us part of your day. Zeke, say hello to the folks. Hello, hello. Just a couple of uh, spuds tatering along. <laughs> Aloha. <laughs> well, yeah. It, it is a very big day for us for a whole host of reasons. We have two incredible guests in the studio, but I do want to start things off before we even get to them. You're about to leave us. For a little bit. Well, you convinced the world my kid was already born. Well, I didn't mean to convince the whole world that your kid... I just said, Zeke, if they read it, I said, Zeke is going to be having... This goes back to our conversations when you reply with some off-the-wall answer that I don't know what it means. I said, did you read the text? No, what? What'd you say? Well, read the text. Well, the text I said was Zeke is about to have upcoming soon... He's about to have child number two. So because of that, we started a Facebook group because Zeke and I might have to get together virtually for a little bit. So the PSA, before we even get going, if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to interact with us while Zeke is changing diapers and uh, cleaning bottles and all that other stuff he's doing for the next couple of months, Reach out to us. We will add you to the Facebook group, Dad's Drinking Bourbon. And then you might see us do some live stuff. We might uh, get you on, whatever it is. We're going to be there. But the kid is not here yet. Three to four more weeks, folks. Three to four more weeks. After this comes out, it'll probably be born three weeks. Eh, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> But we are joined by two incredible people we have Denver from Denver and Liley. You've seen their glasses out there. You've heard about their glasses. You've seen him going on tour, posting pictures at Wild Turkey with his bandmates. And then we have the one and only Scotch Trooper in the studio. Brett, thank you very much for being here as well. But both of you, it's, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. That's all you got. Yeah, You're like that's, Z. That's our end of interview. That's good. Yeah. All right. Good talk. Thanks good for talk. whiskey. It's like I tell Zeke to, to say hi, and he's like, hi. No, I say aloha or some other catchy one-worder. Holler. <laughs> hi, hi has never come out, John. Good day. Good day. That's my line then. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. It's kind of, uh, I feel like Zeke and I have all the energy today. We also have our friend Brody, who's uh, listening to this episode, but he hit up Elixir Spirits today, which is why he is kind of tired, but... Both of He's you. currently on the dating apps, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm dragging a fair amount of, uh, of ass today with a, a smoke detector alarm that went off at 1.30 in the morning. I had to drive over here. Uh, it continued to go off about every 30 minutes to about 3.30 or 4. And I finally told him, like, don't call me anymore. Just just put this thing on mute. Like, there's no fire. There's nobody in the house. There's nothing. Just, just quit bothering me. Does it, when, when you get the alert, does it say the roof is on fire? We don't need no water. Man, John. It's too, it's too early for those jokes. <laughs> but Man, we, four people just turned this off. <laughs> yeah. But Denver and Brett, you were up. I mean, you went to Michter's today. Yeah. Uh -huh. You went to Heaven Hill. You went to Wild Turkey. 
tell us a little bit about what you did today because that was crazy. Well, where did we start? We were at... Um, well, we started in Nashville. That was the key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then had to drive. So we, we woke up like 5.30. Yeah. Drove all the way out to Kentucky and... What are we? Um, Mictus first. That's yeah. just the yeah. normal uh, routine when you have to go to a barrel pick or something. I mean, you got to be up and out of here early to get oh there. Oh, my gosh. It was, um, plus, it was plus pretty Plus the time early. change, you know, you lose an hour. So yeah, but we had worse. a few bevies at, um, at Urban Cowboy last night. <laughs> it was Andy Nelson's fault, if you can hear us. <laughs> he's probably not listening to us. No, nah, he's listening to Tom Sawyer, I reckon. <laughs> well, you hit Michter's first. You got to have some stuff there. I mean, tell everybody before we even get into your trip, because Denver, you've kind of been on this American tour. And if anybody's listening, no, you're not American. But what, you're not? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm American. But you. <laughs> But you flew over here uh, to promote your new glass. You have a bourbon glass that's coming out now. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the glass, how you how you got started, the the different types of glasses you have, and and kind of give us your your spiel. My spiel. Um. I uh, shit. Um. I am from a whiskey glass company. So we started with um the whiskey glass, which originally was for. Mainly sort of Scotch whiskey, but we kind of tuned it so it was a little bit of kind of everything, but it was mainly tuned towards sort of barley-based whiskies. Um, and then from there, so I guess that's the one that kind of really that people kind of know about. Sort of a vase-looking thing, transparent, it's waterproof, it's, it's got everything. Uh, and then we have the gin glass, which came out, which was uh, with six different distilleries. And then this one, which was a few distilleries over this way that kind of helped us out with advice and that sort of gear and then we end up with the um with the bourbon glass unfortunately no one can see it in this podcast can they well we posted enough pictures i know i took it on a vacation <laughs> with me to florida so ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. people have seen it if you follow our instagram at dad's drinking bourbon if you look at our facebook page yeah the the, the glass is out there yeah it reminds me of toad from mario brothers yeah, we have like a, it's got an interesting sort of stem on it. We, the code name was like the Thanks. Chode. I can't unsee that now. Sorry, it just hit me. I had to get it out the internet. We never, we never made it. But th- this one's a little bit different than the the whiskey one that you yeah. had. Be where this one has a stem. Yep. You know, definitely popular for bourbon drinkers to have that stem opposed to not have the stem. Yeah. Um, and it, it's it's a really well made glass. Has some really good weight to it. Has uh-huh. a great shape to it. But you know, I was lucky enough to be at your tasting the other night at Belmead. There's a reason the shape is the way it is, right? Yeah. It's um. Yeah, we get all sort of like super geeky on this kind of shit. So it's um, it has a bunch of different things that it does sort of with airflow and temperature control. So we've got a stem there because um, we want to give you a step in between what's going on with your hand heat. So your hand heat can affect the way that you taste. So if you imagine if you had a hot Coke, it, it tastes like super sweet. And the thing is in uh, bourbon, bourbon is generally sweeter than um, scotch whiskey. So then if you if you like go to bars and stuff around Kentucky and Tennessee, from what I saw, a lot of people would add ice, um, largely because there's hot weather outside. And then the other thing is that um, it also cools, like takes down the sweetness. 
So we decided we're going to add another step before you added ice because I'm not used to adding ice with um, with Scotch whiskey. So we did. Uh, it's got actually a slightly larger opening, uh, which makes the profile actually slightly smoother. And you can add ice, but you can also isolate your hand heat from the liquid by just having a stem. So that's why the stem is there. Well, also inversely, um, even especially a few times recently, I've had a drink, set it down, yeah. came back to it for lack of better words, and the, the environment had been warmer than it was to begin with. And I actually feel like I get better flavor after the warmth, mm. which, which cracks me up. And like John said, we honestly don't do much ice or even water a whole lot, but um, the times when I've had things iced down, <clears throat> I mean, I guess, yeah, it probably mutes it more and makes it easier to throw back or down, but I feel like you miss so much flavor. hundred percent. So yeah. I almost wonder if that's, um, you know, a bit of a misnomer that's out there that the heat is a negative thing and will, you know, always, you know, so to speak, negatively affect your tastings. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like sometimes you want to cool stuff down, but the main thing is dilution. That's what you want. So um, you don't want to dilute it too much because you go well beyond the balance if you use that kind of shitty pub ice. Mm-hmm. But um, you can make the clearest ice you can get is what you should use. And then you put that in and it will dilute very slowly, but it will also cool it down. And then you get a different sort of flavor profile. But um, stuff opens up, closes, different. there's so many different compounds in whiskey. Um, so like my recommendation, generally speaking, and I don't like to give a recommendation, you drink whiskey, whatever, whichever the fuck way you want yeah. to drink whiskey. But I, I'd suggest to add water. Just add a few drops. Not put Coke. Put your finger into a glass. Not Coke. Not not Coke very often, but ginger <laughs> ginger ale definitely, hundred percent. Where's that 90, 90, 90 blend? add a bit of ginger ale. It's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, but you are a you're an engineer by trade, aren't you? Uh, well, I studied engineering, uh, mechanical engineering, and industrial design. So I do I do a little bit of everything. Kind of a madman. Kind of like Zeke. Yeah, I guess. He's a pharmacist. I did a lot of nothing and a little of everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's me. Jack of all trades, master of none. Zeke knows a lot about living and a little about love. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to start singing? <laughs> I'm not even going there. <laughs> Hashtag dad jokes. Man. <laughs> we're going to get... While I'm gone, John will be doing his own episodes full of, full of these. All two of you that want to listen, subscribe now. That part's edited. <laughs> <laughs> you've been out here. You've been in the States yeah. right now yeah, yeah. two, three weeks? I think about two and a half or something, three weeks maybe now. So you started off in LA. This is like, I'm, I'm wondering, I would buy one of the shirts, Denver and Miley, North America Tour 2018. <laughs> but you started off in LA. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then what were you doing out there? Then you came to you came to Nashville. You've been here. Obviously, I mentioned I was at a tasting with you at Bell Mead. But yeah. what, what do you do in LA? What else are you doing here? Yeah. And, uh, so I, I make pretty regular trips to the States. Um, California is our biggest market. Um, so I go there every time. I'm kind of half ba- like this is like a really complicated story, but I kind of half live in uh, Mexico and half live in Melbourne, Australia. So whenever I go from Mexico back to Melbourne, I always go via California at least. And then usually every one in two of those trips, then I'll do the rest of this stuff. So this time around, I was coming back from Australia. Um, you go into Los Angeles. So I did Los Angeles, went up to um, San Francisco for Scotch and Times event and um, some other sort of, we've got a few retailers up there, including, I don't know, Kano Wines and 
uh, DNM and there's a whole bunch of other Mason Corpo. And then from there I go to, I went to, where I go? New York. I was in New York for a while and did some, uh, did an event with uh, Edrington and um, I can't think if I did anything else. So then I went to Northern Maine and did this uh, whiskey discovery thing with um, Joseph Magnus. So I'm like, I'm really hardcore into like the the memories and stuff that you can associate with whiskey, not just the tasting notes. I think that gets a bit boring after a while if someone's just shouting down tasting notes. So I'm doing other sort of stuff. So we did some sort of uh, photography and a little bit of hiking and and a um, locally local produce match dinner and a whole bunch of different stuff up in Maine. Maine is fucking amazing. Like if you can get up there, like it's just everywhere you look, it's beautiful. Um, and then from there um, down to well, you did a lot of biking too. I think yeah, I did. Thing. I did fat biking. Does do you know what fat biking is? I have not heard of this. Is that when I ride a bike? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's this, uh, it's like a motorcycle tire. It's like so wide, super wide. You can ride on stuff that you can't normally ride on easily. So like sand, you can ride up like random sort of stuff. Um, I was mainly doing this like Campobello Island in, um, so Canada's right there. So you can just ride over this bridge and then onto this little island. So I just went there to go and see the whales and the whales went there. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, then I just rode back again. So, and took some, um, took some photos over there for a, um, a product that will come out next year. And then, yeah, back to the island. Then from Maine to, where the hell did I go? Nashville. Yeah, here. <laughs> where, where, yeah. <laughs> where did I wake up this morning? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I get around, dude. Before that was like Australia. I was in like the UK, in France, the Czech Republic. How do we trade? You know, do you want to do my day job and I'll do yours <laughs> for a little bit? If you want, man, I'm so tired. <laughs> you could take a step back and get into some project management IT stuff. It'd be great. You'd love Matt, it. I, I it's, love Nashville. It's I so exciting. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> how good I'm, are I'm falling asleep just talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> how, how good are you with SQL? With SQL? What SQL? <laughs> no. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. Talking about a movie? Yeah. yeah it's like exactly. the second one, yeah? <laughs> That's where it all goes downhill is the second one. (laughs) So from here, you're spending some more time in Nashville. Yeah. You are, you're going to hit up some of the local distilleries. I know you're going to go to H. Clark tomorrow. You're Uh going to go to Corsair. Uh I think you're going to hit up some of the local stores. Elixir, Uh, I think you said. Elixir, Carruthers. Carruthers, that's it, yeah. You you already hit up Woodland. Yeah. Um, Those boys are awesome. I mean, I guess what I would ask you is you're seeing all – you talk about the experiences. You talk about going all these different places. What have been some of the coolest experiences that you've got to have through whiskey? Fuck, that's a massive question, man. It's like asking what's your favorite song? Like, how, I don't Give know, me your how top five favorite bands. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Who and the Blowfish? Uh, <laughs> Rush. Rush. <laughs> was that Thrush? Yeah, Thrush. Hey, who's um, on a reunion tour? You should uh, look him up while you're I have uh, no idea here. who this is. This, oh. like, we were talking about this last night. Rush. Is that such a famous band? It's oh, like I don't know the most Rush. famous prog rock band that ever existed. Yeah. But Okay, so what would you use as a definite way of like measuring popularity? I thought it would be followers on Spotify. So then we this did- is, This is false. We, this yeah. is- is it not? A, what, what else can I use? I used like Justin Bieber, Shania Twain, Brian Adams, Celine Dion, and then we had Rush. And Rush was at the bottom. Just because Rush is at the bottom, they are at the top of their respective genre. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So okay. cool. there's a difference between pop music. Yeah. As you would say. Yeah. And then there could be an indie rock band that yeah. is the best indie rock band that everybody knows that likes indie rock. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. If you say prog rock, there are two bands that are come out probably going to be Rush and Yes are going to be the two biggest that people will bring up. I would throw Floyd in there. Yeah. I know what prog rock is. Progressive rock. Yeah, songs and uh, concept albums and there's whole lore about Tom Sawyer and uh, <laughs> Tom Collins. So Brett was really trying so we'll to set that. you up with that because because Tom Sawyer is one of Rush's biggest songs yeah and, yeah yeah um but i mean have you ever and seen I, and i swore i swore that he knew it because who doesn't know that song but we played it last night after it's like yeah who is this girl he's singing like, i was just like <laughs> have you ever seen the movie i love you man oh, that's no. one of the best movies ever who's it's in that it's so amazing paul rudd Great jason siegel um no i love you man the whole movie is like about rush yeah does like celine dion have a whole movie about her Titanic? It's <laughs> <laughs> a soundtrack. It doesn't really count. <laughs> Fun fact about that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is definitely, anybody who's listening, I'm sorry. This is not your, your typical whiskey podcast. But, <laughs> yeah. um, and no, we're not karaoke. The thing about uh, My Heart Will Go On is she didn't want to sing that song. And that was actually her first take because she didn't want to sing do it. it again. It was, a, it was kind of a throwaway. And that was a pretty good first take. I was gonna, I was gonna say it sounded half ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your, your bathroom reading material, John, it's really out there. Well, I mean, I have to stay up on pop culture that, so I can throw in good dad jokes. I don't know. That's that true. Yeah, I don't say that's relatable. Yeah. It was very relatable. Four more people going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was very relatable when I actually had to do legitimate radio and no facts like that as you're going into songs and out of songs and things like that. Yeah. So okay, you got me there. What do you call it? Or an enough. alternative fact, maybe? Uh, no. It's not, <laughs> no. We, we don't get that controversial <laughs> on this show. <laughs> going down the rabbit hole here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close your eyes. First thing that pops into your head. Best experience you ever had in whiskey. And it might not be the best, but just the one that you think of first. I have to go PG, I think. Um, so I can't, <laughs> I can't go there. Let's, <laughs> I, I, let's, um, let's talk about actually the, our first interaction, Brett's and I's. I thought that, yes. was a, that was a fun event. That was pretty epic. And yeah. that's a great segue because you guys have been friends for a, a long a time. Yes, yeah, maybe three years. So. Yeah. It was like within a year of us even starting the company, so it was a, it was early days, very yeah, early yeah, days. Yeah. How did we do? Do we even meet on? Did someone introduce us through Instagram or something like that? I've got like a feeling it we... might have been Gemma in Decatur, Decatur, Georgia. Yeah. Um, at Kimball House. Yeah. It was a Belvini tasting. Yeah, and your first ever tasting. My first ever tasting. He was nervous. I remember. Oh hell yeah! Were you leading it or were you just there? I was leading it, organizing it. Got. Together with Denver on the glassware, um, got with Wingo, John- Jonathan Wingo from Belvini uh, on the whiskeys themselves. It was a lot of uh, a lot of things to do for your first ever tasting. I mean, not to jump around, we're already a little ADD already, but I mean, yeah. Nashville <laughs> is kind of where you first 
fell in love with whiskey, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. A Rush concert. Bring it back to the Prague (laughs) (laughs) here in Nashville. Um, Yeah. I had my first taste uh, here about four, four and a half years ago um, and then opened the Scotch Trooper accounts the next weekend. It's amazing how quickly uh, you could go from being a novice to an expert, right? I I do not call myself an expert at all, um, but I definitely have learned a lot along the way. What I will tell you is one of the things, Zeke and I are firm believers that we're not experts, but there was somebody in the industry who pulled us aside and said, you guys got to stop saying that because you probably tasted more whiskey than I have. And eventually, you know, you know what you know, and you know the the tasting notes you have. So you can't say you're a novice anymore. We're still learning every day. Always, always learning. He was almost offended that we kept saying that we're whiskey novices. I I wouldn't call myself a novice. I but but I definitely wouldn't consider myself one of the top experts. Like I mean, that's just ridiculous. No, no, no. John's not getting his red belt until he recognizes pre fire. So, anyways, take take us back. Describe you were you were in Decatur, Georgia, mm-hmm. Zeke's home state. Yeah, you were doing a tasting. Yeah, it's a hot, sweaty evening. Keep going. Yeah, <laughs> it was <laughs> muggy. We'll go with muggy. Oh man, muggy yeah. night in Georgia. But no, so you guys did a tasting together. You got all the glassware. You you did all that, but it's kind of sparked a friendship. Yeah, that yeah, you know, Brett, as you have. Um, grown in in what you were doing in whiskey in Denver, what you have done with the glass, both of those have kind of coincided with each other. You've got to do other cool stuff along the way, and you know we all know about Scotch Trooper and and the amazing figurine that I am seeing. I mean, it's kind of like I don't know who's more famous, you or this Stormtrooper. Oh, it's def- it's definitely the Stormtrooper. Yeah, and and I plan it that way. It's like one of those things where I'm afraid to ask to touch it. Oh, no, no, please do. No. Please, do. <laughs> please do. Please do touch my six-inch toy. <laughs> so. <laughs> best episode ever. The best. Head for one minute. Not how, one minute. How did we go negative? Yeah. This is the best or worst episode at the same time. I feel like. People are going to say, like, it was enjoyable, but I don't know what anybody was talking about. What was the the point? So speaking of the point, you started this off by saying one of the most memorable things was you meeting Brett. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So let's let's bring it back. Okay. What makes it one of the most memorable experiences? I think the, the, for me anyway, Brett, um, is... Please speak for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it, for me, it's like a, a genuine passion for whiskey, for the industry and for um, just bringing education, I think, and getting more people to know about whiskey and more people to drink whiskey. That's the thing for me. You remove the pretension, all the bullshit, all the wankery. Mm-hmm. And I think there's there's a little bit too much of it in the industry, a few people on their high horses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I find someone that um, – I think for for me anyway gets it then I generally sort of gravitate towards that and I could see that Brett sort of had that at the start a long time ago and we we were very we were a, like a super young company then but um I could kind of see that's that's the type of person that I wanted to be associated with and so that's why um I think that that communication happened and then the actual sort of event happened yeah I mean between you um Angela 
I mean, it, th- those were the first two people that I really met um, in person um, that I actually met online first, like through social media, whiskey through social media. Um, and to be able to um, see not only the passion online first and then have that connected um, in person, um, it was the first real um, feeling of community within the, within the whiskey community. Um, and with everything that's kind of been going on lately, um, being able to see that kind of um, multiply um, and to see the amount of people that um, we touch through our mm. accounts and through our connections and through our passion um, and to be able to see those people stand up and, and kind of um, jump on board with that as well. I mean, it's, it's kind of been really, even though it's been crappy as, as to how things have kind of transpired to see um, everyone kind of combine and, and join efforts in, in order to show support has been amazing. And it all really started from there. Yeah. I mean, Decatur, Georgia. Decatur, Georgia. Right. Kimball House, Hapes of Belvany. It's amazing. I mean, I think the thing that Zeke and I always talk about, and, and it's a recurring theme on our podcast, is we always say this is never going to replace a day job. But these experiences, sitting down with you guys for the night, sitting with Bernie Lubbers the other day, you know, having people like Sean Josephs from Pinhook, Sid from um, Filibuster, talking to Al Young, you know, and I don't say this, it's not bragging. It's that is the whole thing in whiskey that is the payoff. The payoff is the community. The payoff is the friends you get. The payoff is the experience you, you have throughout the whole thing. Well, it's, it's laughable too, because especially in today's society, so many interactions and relationships are more, uh, you know, virtual online, like yeah. less face-to-face person-to-person type things. And so many of those I guess concepts are fine, but then so many times you get to the the bourbon whiskey whatever world, it's like, oh, one of your online friends is in town or something, huh? Like, how is that different from anything else? Like, I mean, but it still gets yeah. that connotation of like, oh, you know this person? It's like, I feel pretty comfortable about the situation. We interact <laughs> pretty good. <together. laughs> Uh, how many people in the world, you know, bumble, uh, for, for lack of a better thing? <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to give me a hard time about going to drink with somebody. There's worse yeah. things people are doing that don't know each other. Yeah, and, yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, it, it does get weird <laughs> from time to time. Like, if, if you're, like, I was in, in London and po- posting that I was there, and you get random messages from followers that are like, hey, I'm over here. Like, let's meet up for a dram. Like, I've never spoken to you before. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, let's. I, I'm behind you. I can yeah, yeah, right? Like, yeah. 15 yeah. minutes away. You're in the shower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never gotten that one yet. <laughs> you should Zeke. stop posting from the shower. <laughs> Zeke, I get him. If you check Instagram more, you would actually see him too. <laughs> Look, nah, there's only so many things I can follow and keep up with, John. <laughs> I want to make sure that we talk enough about your trip and what you've been yeah. doing. I mean, what are, you, what are you doing moving forward? What else should we expect to see from Denver and Lyle? Um, oh man, we do, we do lots of stuff. So, um, I guess we're trying to apply like sort of brand values to lots of different things. It's not just, um, whiskey glasses that we kind of, um, that we're interested in. And so we'll do products that we see there is a, um, a difference that we can kind of make. I sound like Michael Jackson or something, but, um, but we do want to make some sort of difference. So if we take, um, I don't know, we just did a hat that you just got earlier today, um, that uh, New Era hat. And uh, 
Then the Barossa did a, a so, sort of soft release of a, a motorcycle um, about three weeks ago. Wait, you guys are making a motorcycle? Yeah. Um, it's a cafe racer, sort of. We just, uh, well, Lyle really, he rebuilt a, um, a, a BMW K100, so a reasonable pow- reasonably powerful thing, and um, reduced the weight. And just, it, it's, it's a pretty nice build, and we just took the values of the company and put that into a bike. And then um, maybe we'll do another one and another one and go from there. Um, and then there's some interesting stuff to come in 2019, I think, um, which are in development now. There's one project that we've been working on for about a year and a half. Um, and another project which has been going, uh, and that's, uh, I guess, the big hint there is it's not glass. So um, it should be. Uh, should well, I hope be motorcycle dun, not glass. It's not going to uh, lay down very Some, well. Something else. Something else. <laughs> Is it a person, place, or thing? Quit yelling at the Scotch Trooper, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> you got eight levels higher. It's a, it's a, it's a thing. It's a thing. But um, it's a person, place, or thing. Next year there'll be some other stuff that will be. Uh, not not a thing. So lifestyle branding in short or, or a different I, I think I think you could probably categorize us as a lifestyle brand. Okay. Going forward, yeah. It's it's kind of a little bit about everything, but it's a, a kind of about like buying less stuff um, and buying once, I think is an important thing for us. Um, and yeah, I don't know. That's all I can really... What, what, what percent of it involves a mustache? And, and with that, should I leave this and be the first uh, Hell yeah. Na- Nashville ambassador? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring back the mo. I think that should I, be a live vote. I think Venmo, Square. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you let me know. <laughs> that mo's going to stay. I don't we're, know. We're, we're creating a Scotch Trooper, Denver, Denver and Lyle line of collectible figurines. Ooh. You've heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's the thing that I got right when I was doing the Instagram live. So everybody's going to hear that. <laughs> Perfect. We lost, we lost 22 right there. They got, they got them out of the content. So we do have to make this about whiskey a little bit. Okay. We Well, we've been drinking whiskey the whole time. so And yeah. let's talk about the whiskey we've been drinking. Our friend Scott in Minnesota, that's Scott underscore in underscore MN, he sent us a, and thank you so much. We I, I can't tell you enough, the people that listen to us, um, how great you are and great how great the community is and interacting with all of you. He sent us a 1990 Blanton's and... Brett, you're looking at this. What what was the dump date on that one? It is six twenty five ninety. So this is not something you have every day. I mean, it's something that is. No, it's amazing. What what do you guys think about this one? We might as well talk about whiskey on this show. We will do another show <laughs> where we talk more about whiskey. But can I be honest with you? Yeah, this is my first Blanton's. Really? Yes. So I'm um, I'm starting off strong. If there is a way to go into Blanton's, <laughs> they, don't, they don't taste like this anymore. <laughs> confession, I'm not drinking Blanton's. I'm, uh, I'm drinking the uh, Woodland Wine Barrel Pick, uh, OESV, 10-year-old. It's pretty good. Now, for the people in the Nashville area, what I will say, though, is, is you can get Denver and Lyle glasses at Woodland Wine and Spirits right now that mm-hmm. is the one place in town 
that you are uh, selling at. Is there any other place in town that, that has them? Uh, not yet. I, but you're working on it. Uh, yeah, well, very soon there might be a place. I will tee up a couple of things I thought of as this went. Glass-wise, I know you mentioned a gin glass, other things as well. In that space or, and or different spirits, what do you really look for and what are the main factors that go into the whole design and thought process as far as you know, exemplifying what's in the vessel? We look at a um, whole bunch of different things. So we look at um, smell and taste profile that uh, master distillers kind of want. So we'll speak to them. <coughs> Excuse me. So we have um, a master distiller can control what goes into a bottle, but they can't control what goes into your mouth. And they would ideally want to control that. So what we do, we try and work out uh, what they want you to smell and taste and then tune a glass that way. So um, how we come in, in the first place we apply, um, I guess we look at sort of airflow, temperature control, uh, whereabouts we think that the um, profile that they're trying to get and what they want from that particular glass. So the um, whiskey glass, you can get certain notes and work out aging and you have temperature control, you have a split of notes across the top surface so you can go from the bottom has all the alcohol go to the top you can smell behind the alcohol um, and then the airflow so um, we're reversing the way that normally air flows inside a glass instead of um, circularly you have a lot of air that comes in and comes out and it can't circle circle around so much when it came to bourbon um, we looked at a whole different sort of flavor profile we worked out that um, you, you have certain sort of rules in place so 51% corn minimum um, a new American oak charred barrel. That imparts certain flavors and uh, there are certain commonalities between all the distilleries when it comes to that because you have to adhere to that. So then we look at then the things that make the distilleries different and then um, speak to, I guess, again, head distillers or people involved in the distillery uh, to work out what they're trying to taste. And then we also, another thing that we did was um, kind of like talk to people in just sort of random bars in, in Louisville and can and well generally in Kentucky and Tennessee and you can see that they were more focused on the sweetness the oak uh, the proof and those are the three main things and then outside of that out of lesser sort of criteria was um, spice and um, other sort of um, littler notes but those are the three main things so then we saw that there was definitely a want for a technical bourbon glass focused on bourbon with it, like it, it has a smoother profile. It's really great with um, high proof um, bourbons, and also we look at palate delivery and, and bits and bobs like that. So, I don't even know what the original question was actually. <laughs> well, it's kind what of was a recurring theme for them. <laughs> <laughs> it was merely as you look at different spirits ah, yeah. and, and try to craft a, a vessel that caters to each one. Yeah, what, what nuances are there? Like yeah. gin versus scotch versus yeah. bourbon and. And what your main goal is as far as exemplifying amongst the profile of the, the various spirits. Yeah. So like gin was an interesting sort of brief because um, there's so many botanicals that are used in the distillation of gin. So um, we want to really bring that out. And that's why it has so much volume above the spirit surface in that particular glass. Um, but then the main use of gin across the world is actually cocktails. So we had to create a glass that was going to work with um, gin cocktails mm -hmm. and also enhance those sort of cocktails. So that's what that glass does. It's also got a larger opening for ice and garnish. Um, you, have, you have to just look at, you know, how people are using it and then we, um, and then we tailor to that. 
so yeah, that was that was kind of what we looked at with the gin. Um, I think I covered the bourbon and kind of covered the whiskey. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I also <laughs> not a loaded question by any means. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Uh, uh, this summer's been rather hot, and <laughs> there's been plenty of days when I just literally could not handle bourbon. So I've uh, I've turned to gin some this year in an oh, older age. Gin so is so good. It, it it was not loaded. It was simply a learning question for myself. No, nah, hopefully other people totally out cool. there, the the three that are left hanging on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to to talk about spirits, right? Yeah. The the Castle and Key gin has just, I think, for Zeke and I both, and I am not a gin drinker at all, but that gin has just been absolutely phenomenal. Same here, and the the filibuster I like. It's gin finished in French oak and American oak barrels, mm-hmm. so it's like ninety proof, very subtle gin, no pine saw, enough of a a bourbon-ish kind of barrel-aged gin. coat to it. Yeah. Um, somebody else is coming out with one. I saw it today, actually. A Treaty Oak's coming out with one. Okay. So I, I wonder if that'll become somewhat of a thing. Is You know, you see people that are predominantly, well, this is what I like, or this is what I like, but if I'm going to branch out and try something. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You don't do a full 180. You, you get the middle of the road that's yeah. was technically a gin, but it was finished in this, which is going to be much more your profile versus yeah. the stronger, uh, you know, possibly nuances of flavors to people. A lot of uh, new distillers are doing that just for money generation as well uh, because they don't have to age it very long. Anything clear is just going to turn so much faster. Yeah, exactly. They just need a few months sort of in a, in a particular sort of barrel and then they can um, put out a product. And then they just age their whiskey for like three years or whatever and then put that out. But I think a lot of them should. I wish there was like a, there, there probably is like a really gin-focused distillery in the United States. I all feel like a lot of them um, are, have got whiskey up their sleeves. Um, and that is just like a stopgap. But um, it's it's a beautiful product on itself and it, it does super well in the UK and in Australia. And I don't see why it wouldn't do amazingly well here, especially with the quality of barrels that are around. Barrel-aged gins. Whew. No, that, 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 that's like... Yeah, a, exactly. When we had the guy here a few weeks ago, I mean, I, I had it, you know, in a glass, neat, mixed with nothing, no ice. And I was yeah. Just like, dude, I'm on my third one. He's yeah. like, how much left in that <laughs> bottle? I'm like, I don't know. But it might not be left by the time this is over with. Like, and, and I'm by no means a gin fan, so yeah. it's it's fun to me. Um, you didn't have the Blantons, though. I did have it before this um, Four Roses. And you are a big... You're a big Blanton fan. What do you think of that, Blantons? I'm going to have to come back. Let me just circle around. I'm just going to just um, skull this four roses. such a waste. It's so good. He will not drink out of anything else other than a Denver and Riley glass. So it's taking him a lot longer. (laughs) Like I thought about doing a tasting for another episode, but it's going to take him three hours to drink everything because he's like, hold on, mate. I (laughs) got to clean out this glass. Maybe yeah, we, we definitely some, should have brought some more glassware. Maybe we should get yeah. some paper bags and just close off every bottle. That still convinced the need for a glass. We just all take pull straight off the bottle. And <laughs> there you go. There. Yeah, it's all high proof. Brown paper bag. It. So I don't know where he's going. Is he getting? Does he have more glasses? Uh, Maybe. Pro- probably. Oh, or, or the bathroom. Yeah. He's going to get my one of my very favorite things that I wish. I wish I had purchased one of those as well. It is. Wrapped in this amazing leather wrap, it is the Adventurer series. It is Explorer, Explorer series, Kangaroo. 
Kangaroo leather, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's reasonably sustainable in Australia, so uh, and it really performs really well. So uh, no one can see this. What she say? It's more or less lambskin for a glass. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So you can you can kind of drop the glass in that wrap. All right, so to the Blantons at least. We don't have a curtain bottling here to really do a side by side or compare or blind especially. But to um, our, our recent saga argument of pre-fire and whether or not it's a difference, there's something different about this. Obviously, I would think Blanton's hasn't had a fire or tornado or anything else that caused them to lose their yeast, other factors that people point to with the pre-fire. So I'll toss you a bit of a bone and say I could easily see how this could also be a more of a difference in product due to a the difference of wood in the barrel. Obviously, everyone distills, etc., their own juice. As Denver mentioned earlier, there's so many chemical components mm-hmm. into each one. Who knows how to really, you know, extract or be very finite there. But you're going to have different chemical reactions across the course of time, etc., plus temps. I could easily see how, you know, two different sets of white dog, one Heaven Hill, one Blanton's, going into similar barrels of, uh, you know, composition, texture, etc., could both yield that much variance in a flavor compared to either one of them's current market offerings. So what are you getting at, Zeta? What, what exactly are you trying to say? It literally could be the wood, and that's why the older whiskey tastes so much better. Mm. But they, do, you, do you not think that they were using the same supplier? Well, if you look, especially in the States, I, mean, I don't know about uh, you know Australia, but I mean, we mow through so much more wood, so much more of it's now not natural. It, it, I mean, it regrown, planted, regrown. It, it's not, hey, Farmer John suddenly selling off this land he's had for in his family a hundred yeah. years, and Lord knows how many rings are in this tree. Yeah, we bought the dirt, we cultivated the dirt, we put the seeds in ten, twenty, how many ever years? There was a timeline for when that tree was, it was done. Yeah, and it, it it was never a measure of, oh, we found this, hey, it's prime, it's ready, etc. It's nope, it's time to cut the damn thing. It's got enough you know, length on or width to have a yield. Yeah, right. So you feel like there was a reduction in the wood quality after the fire? I, I think just in general, you know, you can point to so many different things, but as, as far as where we are and what's definitely changed the most, I think it has to really be 51% for lack of a better number on the wood. Yeah. And I don't disagree with the wood argument. I disagree with the fact that something changed pre-fire, post-fire. Now, if you're using pre-fire, post-fire as just a measurement of time, like BC and AD, then sure, there might be something that to the wood argument or the way, I mean, it could just be pure coincidence. I saw something two days ago that said Turkey and it said either 96 or 98 before and after. Slope started changing. I mean, if you even think about houses, right? The way that they built houses 30 years ago, the rating for a fire is like three minutes. And now it's like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. In a lot of these houses, you know, to, the time that you have to get out of the house with older houses is longer than the time you have now. And, and the uh, reason I bring that up is if you go back to your wood argument, um, there was a great thing that somebody posted, and I think Zeke, you might have posted it. They showed the actual rings in the wood during prohibition times, 
and the number of rings you have a piece of wood now and wood isn't growing the way that it used to. Yeah, that's what I said. But, but how can it be so significantly different between post and pre-fire? Like, no, the I, th- I think that literally is just a, a pure coincidence. So you agree with me that it's not the fire that actually changed. I'm just it, saying that it all there happened are, at the same time, and that's periods. just like the line in the sand. See, I take offense to the people that say like the fire caused. Right, right. The, no, let's yeah. just say the there's two errors taste of, to change of product. If you want to tell me that it's fire, an error, that I'm 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 on board for that. Mm-hmm. But the I fire was the marker, though. That's what yeah. you're trying to say, Zeke. I think. I, Alex, I think it's a coincidence, but you know, it it just worked out that way. No, I I could agree with that. I could agree with that. I think. Is there anything turning to our resident Scotch expert? Is there anything that <laughs> changed? I mean, because if you think about what Scotch is doing now, there's a lot more experimentation that's going on a lot of times older scotch was you know it's either going to be a highland a lowland a space side an isla you're going to get more of a peaty taste like you know what you're going to get like mm-hmm. you know what you're going to get between a whiskey and a rye and a weeded whiskey and a high rye whiskey or you know is there anything like that in scotch like a like a fire? Not a fire, but like is there, <laughs> is there a time period that people kind of look at and say that's the golden age? Or I think it really depends upon the brand and the expression itself. I mean, they're they're constantly evolving, um, constantly changing um, their. I wouldn't say their methods, but but there's definitely um, kind of that mystique to the older whiskeys that are no longer accessible. And in that, I mean, the new whiskeys that are coming out now, yes, they're changing some methods. They're trying to to bolster. There's definitely a influx in stock. So uh, I'm just uh, like I'm, I'll jump in here. On yeah, the, please. On particular sort of Scotch whiskey brands, I think they've they there are sort of um, periods in t- in time that people kind of really respect. And they think that there was some sort of golden era, like for example, '60s Macallans. Or um, there's there's a whole bunch of different uh, ones for different eras, and I think in in Scotch whiskey it's it's celebrated that change, this um, sort of evolution. Um, I don't feel like you're celebrating <laughs> Zeke, um, but like surely over time everything changes, yeah. And maybe they did change the player of the wood. I don't know after the fire, maybe that's what it was. But um, what uh, where do you think they are now? For example, I mean, I think it's it's, it's simpler. To where everything's just very trying to grow something as fast as you can, supply as much as you can, turn a profit. Um, I mean, it's just like you can drive to the south now. Plenty of areas that would have been a very diverse wooded grounds. It's all pine. Newspaper. Mm-hmm. That's money. You know, that, that's where it goes. There's, there's nothing that's just growing on its own, essentially, and you stumble into it. Back to John's thing, I would wonder, because honestly, I don't dabble in scotch whatsoever, but do they seem to have a, um, I guess, a a marketability type pressure to have the new and new, like, uh, you know, constantly uh, reinvent the wheel? I mean, we get that here all the time. Like, we have finishes, mixes, blends. Every three months, somebody's got something. Uh, Is scotch succumb to that, or do they stand up as the old... um, I think I think there's a mixture of both. Old curmudgeon of I mean, this I mean, is there's, what we put out. There's there's we love. made it this far. Yeah, there's there's love of the 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 whiskeys that you're 
you've you've grown to love, but at the same time, you want to see those brands evolving and trying new things. Yeah. Um, you see that with Glenfiddich right now with the experimental series, yeah. but they still hold true to you know their their benchmark whiskeys um, that people have grown to love. So well, they're they're doing they're doing both at the same time. Well, and there's actually some resistance, and and you brought up a question I was going to ask because there's some resistance to finishing. Um, scotch out there isn't there they're you know in the way that they're trying to age it it doesn't necessarily almost kind of like the way that there's there's resistance to anything out there yeah i mean to 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 be fair um but i mean i i love i love finishing i mean it it brings out some some amazing characters to to whiskeys that you're never gonna you know you know be able to access so i mean i think i think what they're, what Glenfiddich's doing, what Glen Morangi's doing. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of amazing whiskeys that are coming out. Uh, and well, Compass the, Box, and, especially. Oh, co- Compass Box of freaking oh, killing it. Then you're talking about blending and then finishing. And yeah, then, like, exactly. Just, That's next level shit. Yeah. The company that owns Compass Box, aren't they coming out with a bourbon now? It's going to start in Texas. I was oh, just, no. William Grant and Sons. I was reading this article. It's starting off in Texas, but it is going to be a blend of like five or six uh, bourbon whiskeys that they're putting together. And it, what, what's the name of it? Uh, Fistful of Bourbon. Yeah. Fistful of Bourbon. Now, mm-hmm. and the only problem with that, I would say, is that it's almost a little similar to Blood Oath. That, you know, in, in the mingling of um, multiple whiskeys together. It, it's, but it, it's also. What? Who am I pissing off? I'm just like, how is that? How is that similar? Though? Because they took a blend of like four sure. different. Yeah, but that's all it is, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, that's a I would whiskey. That's a whole. But industry. everyone's blending. But, I, I yeah, would. Everyone's blending. I would see it more akin but, to Monkey Shoulder, where Monkey Shoulder is the blend of their three main whiskeys: so Belvini, um, Glenfiddich, and Kinnaby, and Isla Bay. Yeah. Yes, but yeah. what's what are the blends in that? No, Isla Bay is like the one making and blending, I think, all of that. Okay. Isla Bay is not one that's spoken about, um, but that's that's like a secret force in um, a secret force. force. <laughs> but no, um, blending across the board, I mean, it, it, it's coming on. I mean, you can see it. Like, look at the next little book. It, it's two Canadian whiskeys and a whiskey. The, yeah, yeah. Bourbon's not even mentioned. Yeah. It, it just, does it matter? Like as long no. as the taste and smells. Oh good, no, I don't care. I think I, I don't think it matters. Like even no, but I'm asking questions no just to get you to actually. I mean, we're having a good conversation. Yeah, now, yeah, and yeah. That's why I'm saying things the way I am. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> trying to piss you off so you talk. <laughs> Clearly, we, we've got into everyone's had two pours or more, and, and we're much more on a sustainable level here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're getting the, the, the day is getting normalized <laughs> at 11:30 at night. <laughs> so really, we still I'm, only have five minutes of show recorded. <laughs> <laughs> So really what I'm going to do, we're an hour in, I am probably going to cut up the first 45 minutes yeah. very this heavily, is, this and is so this is actually getting into uh, you know, the stuff that is is going on. I mean, I think Blood Oath was, if you want to talk about blending, every small batch is a blend, right? Right. So let's just throw that out there before... Denver thinks I'm an idiot. I mean, every small batch is a blend. Too late. Blending always happens in whiskey, but or in bourbon too. But I mean, these are these are brands that are now coming out. When you think about the Blood Oath and the Little Book and Fistful of Bourbon, and yeah. they're they're really saying that we are mingling 
mean, it happens more in Rye where you have Whistlepig comes to mind, right? And if you think about their old world or the Boss Hog, um, those are blends of whiskey that, that get put together. Yeah. Yeah, but you have much more... You know, you're talking about in between the white lines versus the yellow lines. You got barrels of similar stock and you're blending you, your overall profile. It's not going to vary that much. Whereas you start throwing you know, everything in the kitchen sink in there, but at the same time, you have to be mindful of is this going to be shit or is somebody actually going to drink it and pay money for it and tell their friends they liked it? I mean, that's a completely different profile but or, I, or realm. I think the one thing we haven't talked about yet that is the most important thing with what they are doing with Fistful of Bourbon, though, is that retail price on that's going to be twenty five ninety nine. So if you think about some of the other things that are coming out, like I think it's almost akin, Brett, to what you were saying with Monkey Shoulder, mm-hmm. and it's about the same price, same brand. You look at Little Book, and Zeke mentioned Little Book. That's eighty MSRP. You you look at the stuff that Whistlepig is doing, and and their blends are going to be you know a hundred dollars or more for that old world, the fifteen mm-hmm. things like that. You know, Blood Oath, a hundred bucks. So this is now something that is a blend. Now, granted, it is going to be younger. It's going to be two-year-old whiskeys that are are put together or two-year-old bourbons that are going to be put together. But that is something that is a game changer, I think, to have an accessible bourbon like that. I still don't – I just don't know why they're testing in Texas. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't make sense to me. And they said, I'm I'm sure there's a rhyme or reason to it, but I I haven't read enough on it. And I mean, if you think about all the stuff, all we have to do is say, think of all the Weller that is on the shelf in Texas and people from other places go to get Weller and Colonel Taylor and people go to Texas to get allocated whiskeys that they can't get in their own place and then pack their suitcases and fly home. Why would you go and have your test market be in Texas? Maybe they're looking for good reviews. Maybe anything that was Texas distilled? <laughs> Maybe they know something we don't know. We are joined by Brody. Brody. Uh, Brody. Yay, me. How is bumbling? <laughs> it's great. I actually have coffee date at 8 30 in the morning. 8 30 in the morning. Pooh I got some honey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing a red t-shirt, and I'm also wearing pants. <laughs> At least I see this as more of a common thing back to the finishing lines. What is it with a Sherry PX that makes everyone just uh, get trifling hard? Because <laughs> I, mean, well, I, I, I don't, I don't drink much of it. Well. I, I just see it consistently like, yeah. oh, no, this is Sherry PX finished. Like, Okay. Well, why should I, I, n- I normally don't go crazy over it until <clears throat> I had the Bunahabin. Okay. Oh my god! Anything from Isla that they use to finish? But, but generally just, speaking, is it really like? Oh, have you tried it? No, I don't drink scotch. Oh my god! No, no. Actually, I need you to try um, Joseph Magnus bourbon that's finished in cognac and sherry. I think they use a. Pizza. We we have I've had some friends that have done a, a Magnus cognac pick. Yeah, with. Cognac finishes in bourbon, it's one of those things that's very good, it's very sweet, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's one of those things that we always say, and I don't want to speak for Zeke, but one of the few things we agree on is if you pop that bottle, you have to finish it in a weekend. 
The cognac, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I the, think the, the cognac we had. I, I popped it, and I mean, honestly, I was like, man, this is really good. Got into it. Yeah. Like five days later, I'm in, looking for something to drink. I'm in the garage. Oh, yeah. I, I, I like this. I was like, Completely I mean, I, I called John. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. did somebody take a dump in the bottle? Like, <laughs> really? It died, it died that quick? This, this thing just seriously, wow. I mean, day and night. Wow. And same thing happened to me, but I mean, we've had some really good cognac finishes with, you know, Bell Mead puts out a great yeah. cognac finish. We have more than one pick, you know, Carruthers, there's a Carruthers and Lincoln Road split. There's a Lincoln Road pick. There's, you know, the Joseph Magnus picks yeah. uh, for the cognac finish. They're really, really good. I just know that I have a few that I'm sitting on that I'm afraid to open because I want to open them in a situation like I am with you guys where yeah, I know the ball yeah. is going to get killed. I mean, yeah. would you almost have to use like one of those wine air taker? Yeah. The little plunger things. Like I don't, I don't know if that makes a difference or not. I mean, honestly there's cause the, the bottle I had, there was 80% left hmm. for sure. So it wasn't that much volume of air in there in relation to liquid, but yeah. it's spun down just, Really, really quick. I mean, it, but I, I don't think sherry finishes. Getting back to PX or um, Oloroso, I don't think they go that quick at all. Like I don't know how many um, bourbon uh, bourbons that I know of that have been finished in sherry, uh, but it, I think that time will come. There's well, let me back to the, the that just at least from what I've seen in my uh, very minimal toe wetting mm. it just always seems to have like that's the one that gets the the the, the big build up mm-hmm. behind it does it really complement the profile and flavors that much and even then every brand's it different re- it really depends yeah. upon the brand it depends upon the region but everybody seems to do it so is it just a, a mimic of uh they did it they did it well we got to do it every five words boy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey um, we're getting some we're getting a little feisty around here yeah yeah let's do it that's right <laughs> Um, I would say, I would say, generally speaking, yeah, definitely there are some profile bourbons that wouldn't work, but they, I, I think there would be some bourbons uh, that are experimenting with that at the moment, and it wouldn't be suited, but they know that it's a fad, and they would just do it because for the sales. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are some whiskies that do that as well. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm gonna. Oh no, they, they, they definitely. Do. That's why I was asking. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it really such a a broad product and I guess those barrels so accepting to where literally any scotch can go into no, it and it just comes no, out definitely not you know glazed donut tasty sweet better <laughs> I've had, I've had some sh- shitty whiskeys okay. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I don't I don't know this is my chance to ask because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna no. I'm not gonna waste the time or money behind the damn things <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the Macallan it comes in the red box it's like 300 bucks is it rare cask yeah that one was so I that does not have a scotchy taste at all, and that's a I mean it's a blend, um, but that one was so good. That was one I fully aged bourbon and and a bit of sherry. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I think and then so. then that's the rare cast really black is um, slightly peated, which is amazing. It's it's tough because sometimes I really like scotch. And I have a friend, my best man was from Scotland, you know, for birthdays, I always give him a good bottle of bourbon. He gives me a good bottle of scotch and then we trade and we kind of educate each other. And and it's good. There are some that I really love. And then there are some that really have that band aid taste, Yeah, you know, and, and for me, it's always, 
What does a Band-Aid taste like? Like scotch sometimes. <laughs> like, like iodine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, like, like Lafrag and. So you guys have drunk or tasted Band-Aids? I mean, I always just thought scotch tasted like the devil. Dead I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what you're doing with the devil, but. <laughs> my, my, my father drank scotch. I purposely did not. But Denver, but, but, but a lot of people have have had that first taste of whiskey that was like peaty or smoky, and like yeah. that's that's all they know. Yeah. And so when you when you talk to someone and and you you say like I'm a big Scotch drinker and like oh I can't stand it like well what 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 was your experience? And they don't realize the region is going to have a huge yeah. effect on on what the taste is. But I mean Denver, you said it yourself. A lot of so smell a band aid. Yeah. Right. Because none of us have eaten band-aids or licked band-aids, but the uh, <laughs> Brett's thinking. I'm trying. Yeah. Right. But I mean, you said it yourself. Yeah. A lot of your taste comes from from your nose and, yeah. and your smell. Yeah. So it's one of those things. It just makes you takes you kind of back to a hospital and band-aids and things yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. Very yeah. medicinal. It's like, um, that what that orangey sort of stuff that they put onto wounds and then you put the yeah. band-aid on. Iodine, like iodine. The iodine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that that's probably what's the key there. But like like Brett was saying, like a lot of people's experiences with a, a Nyla whiskey of some sort, and then they just think that the rest of it is shit. It's the same with um, with tequila as well. Tequila is like another big one. Which oh I mean, man, there's so much good tequila. No there one is knows so about. much good tequila in the world, but somebody's had a bad experience, and then they just won't touch it again for forever. Which with whiskey, it's funny that we go back to this, right? The the one brand that we always get, you think it would be something like Jim Beam or Early Times or Evan Williams. It's always somebody said I had a really bad experience with Wild Turkey. And I don't go back to that brand. And it's because a lot of the stuff that people are getting is they'll go get Wild Turkey 101 <laughs> yeah. because yeah. it's a little bit higher of a proof than the Jack Daniels, the, the Jim Beams. And then they're in college and they... It's what your parents were drinking and they had it because it was actually probably good to them because they drank it appropriately. And then someone shows up with a fifth or four at a field party and everybody's just bottoming it up and then you're bottoming back out in a couple hours <laughs> to me to me it was goldschlager oh, oh, i love that stuff. that stuff is good actually i i it took me years to be able to even eat big red chewing gum again because like so i got good. so sick off of that it was horrible wow. why were our parents buying goldschlager though that's what i would my parents would this buy. this was no. not for my parents yeah. Yeah. <laughs> john where are you going yeah. <laughs> My my dad was always Johnny Walker, right? So like yeah. it wasn't like I was a he he's a a Scotch drinker, but you know definitely the the Johnny Walker that could go in your golf bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad was like depends on how size your golf bag is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I didn't find out until recently that I was a third generation Scotch drinker. Oh, oh really? Yeah, but the first to have a single malt. If you think about that, a lot of Scotch drinkers don't go past the blends. Yeah. They they really stick to that. I know all these people that say all the time how much they just wanted Johnny Walker Blue. That was the one thing they wanted, uh-huh. and everybody talks about Johnny Walker mm-hmm. Blue. And, and it's almost, to me, it almost is kind of like what Pappy is on the... The bourbon side that it's over, you know. It's Do you remember over- what I said about Pappy the other night? Yeah, yeah. It's the same with Johnny Walker Blue. the The best one in the range, in my opinion, is Johnny Walker Green. It's the only vatted malt in the whole series. The other one uses grain whiskey. It's just this 
Like it's the same with Pappy. Like everybody like puts this thing on a pedestal. It's good whiskey, but it's not worth that. And if you did it in a blind, you would probably pick Weller Twelve. Yeah. 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 Well, I wouldn't. I don't like Weller Twelve. It's too oaky. But I same thing. Brody, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I mean, I can't relate to you guys about dads because uh, I did have one, but. Well, you are here, so yeah. 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 <laughs> he, he was a slit malt liquor drinker, so. Or um, Old Milwaukee was his, his beer choice, so I can't really say I, I learned my liquor drinking from him. It's just good cold beer. Sure. Yeah. So this is all pretty interesting. I mean, I Zeke, I think we're learning a hell of a lot more about Scotch than we've ever known before in our life. I'm really just impressed. I knew Highland, Lowland, Speyside, and Isla. But well, I figured your homework is normal, and I just out. walked in here dumb. <laughs> yeah, I had to know something before uh, Brett came on. But speaking of Brett, we're not going to talk about. All the stuff. I mean, if you guys want to know what's been going on with him, listen to the the video you did with Scotch Test Dummies. Yeah. You were just on Luscious Life. I think you were on some Canadian podcast, too. I mean... Uh, Whiskey Topic, yeah. Whiskey Topic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just some Canadian podcast. I just couldn't think of the name. No, no, no. no, Fair enough. Yeah. But uh, there's plenty of places that people can hear what's been going on with you. But tell me a little bit about... Or just reach out. I'll tell you. Cool. But tell us a little bit about what you are doing now. I think it's a, a return. We are seeing many more of the stormtrooper coming back. Um, the, the troopers are coming back. Um, they are reserved at this point. <laughs> <laughs> the trooper reserve. Yeah, yeah. The trooper reserve. Uh, there's still um, there's still more news that we're trying to to hold off on to to see where things are going to kind of unfold. But in the meantime, um, I've, I've created my Patreon, which has been taking the ownership. Not not like there was any ever ownership. Like I my my voice was always my voice on my account. And I, I think that's what people kind of got confused on. But that voice is now being sponsored by not only myself, but by my Patreon supporters. Um, and so they're they're the ones that are helping me move forward with what I'm doing. So you're building an empire? I, I am. I am. And I have Padawans and Jedi. <laughs> he, he wrote that down last week in his notes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, I've been going forward um, with with help from Patreon. On top of that, I'm I'm looking at ways to expand what I've been doing and, and kind of trying to take what my voice was in the community in in the whiskey community and being able to to move that into the next realm. Um, so there's many ideas that are that are kind of marinating right now and distilling and aging. Um, <laughs> so as things move forward, um, those are going to come out and I'm, I'm really excited as to what is, is, is around the corner for Scott Trooper. And like I said, I don't want to regurgitate stuff that other people did, but people don't realize that I think you were saying that some of your favorite shots take five minutes. Some of the other shots might take five days, you mm-hmm. know, to get right. And I know this Zeke makes fun of me. He's dying to find me lying on the floor with my phone a certain way, trying to get a bottle shot. You know, he always makes fun of me because I take the time to 
I found it once. I just couldn't find my phone. You were on the floor, <laughs> butt crack out and everything, and I missed it. I mean, That's that just a regular Tuesday for me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, where did my phone go? But the funny thing is, is like there there will be times at the house where you know I'm laying down the hallway, and I have a backdrop up so that you don't see the stairs and mm-hmm. all that, and my wife is just kind of laughing at me because I'm trying to get, you know, and I'll bust out flashlights and other things to get lighting the the, the right way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think for all of the stuff that we enjoy with Scotch Trooper, it's not something that... It's like a song, right? Mm-hmm. Some people write hit songs in a couple of minutes, so some pictures are going to be a couple of minutes. Some really take time. So as you're going through your supporters and... and you know, building your rebel alliance, as you might call it, it is because it takes time, and hey, it's you on can't top rush of it. No, good things you can never rush. Yeah, I mean, it it, it has been my creative outlet. You know, um. you want the spirit of radio <laughs> to guide you to. He has to get credit for that. That was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just made a rough rush reference that you will never get. Yeah, so it's okay. We're there. Yeah. Yeah. Don't pay attention. It's okay. <laughs> what was that? Frog Rock or whatever it was? It was, yeah. <laughs> Frog, Fraggle Fra- Rock? Fraggle Rock. Fraggle oh, my God. <laughs> you're doing You're doing the Patreon. You're, you're moving forward. It is the return of the Jedi. It is, you know, the Empire Strike Back, but now it is the return of the Jedi. It is a new hope. <laughs> for what we are doing in the future. I mean, I know I just went I know I just went 564, but there's more to come. I would say it's more a new hope. Um what just happened to you was the first three movies that we don't talk about. Although I I oh, liked well, 3. Uh, the Empire will strike back. No. Yeah. I, I liked 3. I I didn't you know Re- Yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was the only redeeming quality of that of the prequels. Now, are you thinking of building any because you know the latest have some really cool characters in the Empire? Mm-hmm. Are you thinking about bringing any of them into play in the future? Like, I mean, not necessarily Kylo Ren and Ray and and those folks, but oh, they they've 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 come and played with whiskey, but the the. But like like solo the the new solo yeah. figures and all that yeah I I have those they they've been waiting to come out for oh, that's not really, <laughs> that's not <really> horrible <laughs> solo and Lando really have been waiting to come out for a while <laughs> last but not least before we stop talking about this um, did solo shoot first. Solo shot, or Han shot Solo. He was the only one to shoot originally. Yeah. So, yes. Denver's looking at me like, what the hell are you talking about? But all the, the Star Wars Han fans. Solo was the same person. Han shot Solo? I'm totally lost. So, in the cantina, it is a long-debated thing for people that are fan of Star Wars, is did Han shoot first in the cantina? Or, or, or did Greedo? Because in the remakes... Lucas made it look like Greedo shot first so that Han didn't seem like he was a murdering bastard. But Han was actually much worse originally written 
he was much worse. And then Harrison Ford played him so well that Han became a likable guy. But he was, if you think about what Han was doing. Kiss. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Lost so 22 people. Damn. But if you think about what Han was I doing. I listened to you before. talking about your glasses for a half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> And he, and he didn't make any sense. Like, he didn't come to an argument. Nah. Yeah, the, the, the one thing John Locke said at the end of this, if you didn't like it, don't review. Please PM us. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. No PMs, please. I don't want to read it. You don't read them anyway. I get the, I get the occasional one when I'm taking a dump at work and it pops up on my phone. Do you know how many PMs I got today? Like, Zeke, congratulations on uh, being a dad. And, yeah, because you told the world I had a kid and I didn't. And I said, Zeke doesn't read these, but you should message us. Uh, so, so now we know if you respond that you're on the dumper. It's a strong yeah, like right, that. Right, right, cool. 95%. And, and follow, following suit and anything else uh, we do, per se, pictures, etc., you could... You, you should be able to get a good idea of who's responding. And the other thing that people should know is somebody said it on Facebook mm. in one of the boards recently. They're like, Zeke's pictures look like shit. John's pictures look good. That's how you know who's posting. Whoa. But another thing that, oh, Zeke Shots won't deny fired. it. Yeah. I screenshot it and sent it to him. I laughed about it. <laughs> the, the other thing that I should mention, though, is, and I, I want to say this for Zeke, if you're on Facebook and you're in a bourbon group and you see somebody named Zeke, yes, it's the same guy as the guy I'm sitting next to. I don't know how many Zeke's you all know, <laughs> but there's a lot of people that will come out and say, hey, you're the same Zeke that's on Tad's Drink and Bourbon in a bourbon group. And I, you're the only Zeke I know in bourbon. I know. I'm, I'm constantly bewildered as well. Like, what did you not get about this? John says always Zeke Baker. How many Zeke's are in the world, much less the same last name? There is a website you can go to, howmanyofme.com, and there's one Zeke Baker in the United States. No. There's only one of my full name, though. Yeah. Look, look at everyone picking up their phone. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know there's another one of me. Uh, he's a baseball player in, like, Kansas or something. Is he, is he at least in the bigs? No. No, he, he, was, he was in college for a while. I there are John Edwardses out there that I don't want to be compared to. So <laughs> we all know the guy who ran for yeah. president. Yeah, John. John never gets the. Oh, that's you. There's only one me. There's only one Brody Whitlock. Yes. And shit. <laughs> and shit. Yeah, that's right. My tagline for this and shit. Somebody will be happy to hear that. Denver probably doesn't know this, but Brody used to. You know, every time he was on an. Uh, uh, watching an Instagram live, yeah. he would say stuff, and he would just say "and shit" at the end. What was it? We were like discussing a movie or something like that, and I was like, "and shit. dinosaurs and shit." <laughs> so wrapping all of this up, there's there's a lot of good things coming with Scotch okay. Trooper. There's a lot of good things coming with Denver and Liley. Visit them on Instagram at Denver and Liley at Scotch underscore Trooper. Visit Brody on Instagram at wit.brode. E. D. Brody. I did I that. E. I did that. I see that. I was putting not, extra syllables. B R O D I E. Oh, you said Brody. Yeah. I E, not D. Two letters. So. <laughs> 
Also, check out Brody's podcast, The Empty Glass Resistance. <laughs> Go ahead and find him at The Empty Glass Resistance as well. He's on all of your favorite podcast providers. Find us on Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find us on Twitter at Bourbon Dads. You can also find us on your favorite podcast provider, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Podknife, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all the places. Please leave us a five-star review. Tell us why you like us. Also, join our new Facebook group, Dad's Drinking Bourbon. It's a place where Zeke and I will interact and do lives with each other, all that stuff, while he is home with a whiny newborn baby in about three or four weeks. Not right now. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Most days in Nashville, Tennessee. Hopefully you um, survived this. I'm going to call this a, a t-shirt quilt of an episode. You know, it makes all the t-shirts <laughs> yeah, random, yeah, like yeah. facets of your life over years and then make it into a blanket. Yeah, that's what this turned into. But I still think we struck gold. <laughs> hey, if, if you have survived this and you're one of two people, maybe one and a half. <laughs> uh, I lost count. It's between the ups and the downs, but um, there were more ups than downs, though, which is what matters in the end. And we did at least talk about the Blantons and the wood and the differences, and it led to some tangents. And the plus side is we got to drink whiskey. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. There's a second one of these coming, and it's just going to be a a shit show, for lack of better words, of what we pass around the table. So if you survive this, reward yourself by listening to the second one, please. (laughs) Well, we we have... We, we had fun, and that's all that matters. But Denver, Brett, Brody, anything you guys want to say before we close? May the dram be with you. I couldn't think of anything. I've, I've got a poem. Uh, what's your poem? Oh, uh, God. There was a redback on the toilet seat when I was there last night. I didn't see it in the dark, but boy, I felt its bite. I jumped right up into the air, and when I hit the ground, that crafty redback spider was nowhere to be found. <laughs> We have one in the States. You have a redback spider. Uh, I just know about a man in Nantucket, but that's a, a whole other story. <laughs> Best I ever got was a story about Molly Brown. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> cheers, and we will talk to you all next week.